0: It's the D'Souza-palooza. Welcome to Movie Marathon with Andrew and Mike. Uh, This will be the the last time you get to hear Andrew's beautiful, screaming D'Souza-palooza that I think is slowly going to eat away his uh, voice box. (laughs) Uh, So we're doing the last episode of the (laughs) D'Souza-palooza It's the D'Souza Balloon.
1: (laughs) All right. I think my my voice is shocked.
0: (laughs) Worth it. Worth it for the uh, feature film directorial debut of the one and only Stephen E. D'Souza. And so, of course, that is Street Fighter the movie. Not to be confused with Street Fighter the movie The Game, which we'll also talk about later. But (laughs) so, Andrew, first of all, uh, happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day, buddy.
1: Uh yeah no this is a great way to start Labor <laughs> Day. Is talking
0: yeah, for about those this. for those who don't know, uh, especially we have some international listeners apparently according to our, our download stats. <laughs> We're pretty sure it's Jean Claude Van Damme it, it is a download from Brussels in Belgium. That so it, logically it can only be Jean Claude Van Damme in anticipation
1: of this very movie. The um, process of elimination we've determined that it's the Brussels from Brussels that's listening. <laughs> so welcome to the pod- podcast JCVD. <laughs> And as is traditional
0: on Labor Day, we're talking about a jcvd JV, movie on a podcast, as all Americans do.
1: <laughs> hey, what? Well, he's the most American guy I've ever seen. Colonel Guile in this movie is the most American guy you could have running a movie. So I think it's appropriate. So Andrew, when are you getting your uh, bicep American flag tattooed today? Get uh, an appointment I, booked. You just gonna um, show up? I was gonna just get really drunk and give my kids uh, some some <laughs> needles and some some ink from a marker and just let them go to town on my arm. See how it turns out. It's really. I can't wait to see it. It's gonna. We can, be good. Uh,
0: <laughs> We can both send each other flexing bicep pictures of uh, of our tattoos.
1: Well, I already do that enough as it is. I already like to send people flexing <laughs> bicep photos myself. <clears throat> so I think this is just gonna really up my game for that. So, Andrew, Street Fighter,
0: the movie, Uh, I'm assuming most people listening to this podcast have some inkling that, you know, things may have gone awry in the production. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to, than I remembered, and (laughs) kind of liked it on this watch. But then the more I read our notes and thought about it, I was like, yeah, that is that is also true. That's true. Yeah,
1: it is pretty terrible. <laughs> but I had a pretty good time watching it. Um, what, <laughs> uh, it was fun. I, I, I enjoyed it, I think, because I hadn't seen it a long, long time. Um, I, uh, I, mean, I I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't think I've seen it that much since it originally came out in 1994. I watched it. my grandparents rented it for me after school one day. Uh, I was at their house, and they, they took me to Blockbuster, and I, I rented this. Because I I was a huge uh, uh, Street Fighter fan from from the Sega Genesis, so I, I think I got Street Fighter Two maybe for Christmas one year. So I was pretty pumped about the movie, but um, again, this is one of those things where as a kid you start to slowly learn that things aren't always good. <laughs> <Yeah>. And uh, <laughs> as an adult, I've not really come back to this much. <laughs> so I think this is my first time in a while watching it. Yeah, it's
0: funny we talked we've talked about. Um... Our experience kind of growing up and learning mm-hmm. movies like aren't great and i don't this one i think was just one i saw and was forgettable but didn't kind of register as like oh that's not good but definitely registered like out in the world the disappointment in it because when this comes out we're both what like 11 yeah roughly yeah right at 11 and are coming off like arcades or at home playing the video game a ton so like our excitement level is probably like peak of anyone in the world for a street fighter movie. Yeah,
1: we, we, we are primed for we are primed for for this movie, and it should have been way better than it was. <laughs> and I
0: remember, and I I don't, I'm trying to think if I would have even seen a John Claude Van Damme movie, but I remember everyone being super excited he was going to be in the movie. Well, everything he
1: did up to this point was, um, I think it was R or or pretty close. I mean, he because yeah. he was big. I mean, this was kind of peak of JCVD. Uh, and for those <laughs> listening in, uh, JCVD, uh, a shorthand for John claude Van Damme, uh, <clears throat> a.k.a. the muscle from Brussels. Um, and, and so this is kind of his peak because he'd come off of, you know, I think working backwards, he'd done Hard Target. He had done Universal Soldier. Uh, he'd done Cyborg. He had done Bloodsport. Bloodsport was kind of the one that really was his breakout. So he was, he had kind of been building every every year for sort of summer movies uh, up to this point. And uh, but yeah, I had not seen a ton of his stuff other than I knew that like he could do splits, he could do cool kicks, and and he was kind of that up-and-coming action, action star. He was kind of like 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 Gen 2 slash second-tier Stallone Schwarzenegger type guy. Yeah, I always assumed the excitement was from his
0: history of blood sport, kickboxer. And he was bringing or, yeah, a, a lot of credibility of these fighting tournament, martial art tournament movies. Of oh, like it's gonna be Street Fighter with John Claude Van Damme, and it's gonna be like Bloodsport. Like that, we're gonna get. <clears throat> and they, everybody knows the Kumite was real, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course it's, it's like be. we're gonna get something like that level of awesomeness. Um, but it's just gonna be Street Fighter <laughs> characters, and uh, they they went a different direction there with the script. <laughs>
1: Well, you know the thing <clears> that's <throat> really worth pointing out, tied to this to this movie, is probably why we also don't remember it. Is the year after this Mortal Kombat comes out, and I do remember as a kid at the arcade, Mortal Kombat overshadowed, did overshadow it, kind of everything. I remember going to birthday parties in an arcade, and uh, everybody was gravitating towards Mortal Kombat because it was really the thing. I think this is true—the first video game to have um, blood in it, the fatalities. And it was uh, using motion capture of, of real actors to actually shoot it. So it probably looked a little more real. So I do think that the Mortal Kombat movie over- overshadowed the release of this. Because I, I I don't really remember this when it came out. I remember seeing it as a kid. But I do remember Mortal Kombat being a much bigger deal. Um, and-, Same.
0: and the arcade especially. Because when you're 10, 11, 12 years old. I mean, I think it's the, the fatalities in Mortal Kombat. It was so good as a spectator, you just gravitate towards people playing that because you'd wanted to see, you know, people's spines out and people's hearts out.
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? That's what kids should be doing. Right.
0: uh, But I believe there was a some uh, I forget the name of it. In the 80s, there was some like crappy shooting video games like Custer's Last Stand or something that I think had like eight bit blood in it or something. (laughs)
1: I oh, think they he's hear- always like
0: referenced as the like the, the real first blood, but then like Mortal Kombat kind of took it a little more a little more realistic. But who drew first blood?
1: <laughs> Not John Rambo. No, he would never do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, I'm going really off the rails. Um, uh, yeah. So I I I do think this got overshadowed, and I, and actually, frankly, as a kid, I remember playing Mortal Kombat two more because there was just there was probably probably twice as many characters as this and and again the, the the effects that went into it it just it just was so much more captivating for me but uh but yeah speaking of captivating uh let's talk about capcom and how they pretty much <laughs> steered this movie into the dumpster right out of the gate
0: uh, now in fairness to them we were we, in our research yeah i mean it just seemed like they made a shitload of money on the movie and i'm guessing that was their primary goal and it's not like they tanked the video game franchise. So I'm, I'm guessing from their perspective at the executive level, certainly probably fairly happy with how things turned out. But uh, as far as the quality of the movie, I don't know what their opinion is, but they well, had a lot of
1: demands. That And that, that's what I think. Yeah. So 19, it's a 1994 movie. Uh, and we, we found out interestingly, right before we, we started recording was, um, we kept thinking there's no way that Capcom actually floated any risk financially in this, and that they must have just like basically just made, yeah, a ton they of sold money the IP the for yeah, someone. Sold, yeah, yeah, and somebody else has nope. produced it. <laughs> uh, no, Capcom apparently is very proud of the idea that they, they funded the entire thing themselves and they've made uh, over 136 million globally on the movie on a budget of about 35 million. So that's a pretty big deal, and it actually makes me understand a lot more about how Capcom could steer decisions <clears throat> in, ter- in terms of the production because they were pretty much holding the purse strings for the entire thing. Um, interestingly too, uh, Van Damme was paid, I think it was 8 million for this role. <laughs> and so that he was, he was more than um, one fifth of the overall budget of this movie, which is insane. But that was one
0: of the uh, Capcom's kind of marching orders. They wanted Van Damme for this movie. As you talk about, he's coming off. and Oh, they, got him. they got him. At the time, people were excited that they got him for this movie. I was. Um, I was excited. They, and it makes sense. I get why they would want that. The timing for him, personally, may have not been good. He may have been flying a little too close to the sun, career-wise. <laughs>
1: um, is that what is they call doing cocaine? <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, so, I, I in fairness to Capcom, you know, the, I, I think we both went into this thinking it was a, a big financial flop. Uh, it really wasn't actually. It looked like it made a lot of money back, and and we found an article from as late as two thousand eighteen that was the uh, CEO of Capcom hyping how he still made half a million dollars a year. I'm not sure exactly how, but they were making money on on the Street Fighter movie, and how they were sort of pioneer. <laughs> Capcom was pioneers in in the video game industry for 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 taking that that approach. So uh definitely wasn't a financial flop uh you know i would say critically it's it's oh it's it struggles but yeah yeah it gets hammered um uh, so and
0: there's some reasons for that and it was doomed to fail because of what capcom was looking to do, but I guess they were successful in what they wanted. Um,
1: no, I mean, they, they got what they wanted. They like, got this. they got to make a movie and made money and they sold probably a ton of video games at Christmas. And that was, <laughs> that was their end game. And I think they, they probably did perfectly fine. They're probably perfectly happy yeah. the way it turned out for that reason. Uh,
0: not sure how Steven E. D'Souza <laughs> feels with how things turned out <laughs> uh, at this point in time. Uh, so I listened to the commentary on the DVD of uh of him it's really interesting how he got involved in it w- like one evening at like 6 30 at night this producer calls him and is like hey i am working with capcom on making a street fighter movie um and i guess stephenie de obviously we know his comedy action movie background I guess he had worked on developing a video game. And the guy was like, do you know Street Fighter? And he was like, yeah, I have like a 15-year-old son. I play Street Fighter with him all the time. Um, And so the producer was like, all right, I want you – like, will you write a story for this? And he was like, sure. And the guy was like, okay. The only thing is I need it by noon tomorrow. (laughs) And so Stephanie D'Souza was like, oh, well, if that's the case, then I want to direct (laughs) But I can get you that. So I guess Capcom was in town. This producer was really worried. They hadn't been able to reach an agreement, hadn't been able to find a story they agreed on. Um, and I think a big part of that was Capcom's insistence. All 16 characters from Street Fighter II had to be in the movie in prominent roles. And they wanted Jean Claude Van Damme, which obviously that's eaten up a bunch of your budget already. So I, and I think as a screenwriter, story like, 16 characters like that's insane that's impossible but steven e de souza i think one was like well if i get to direct I'll, I'll take on the challenge but i think he was the perfect person to go to he seems and comes across as just a professional who i'm here to do a job this is what you want i'm gonna do my best to make that work if it doesn't work i have no problem like saying well that shit's on you like yeah cutting bait and just like up, oh, not my problem Like, but this is what you asked for. Like, I'll tell you the flaws in that plan from the word go if you want. But you want the 16 characters in the movie, I'll put them in. Uh, But that approach, and D'Souza even talked about just juggling the 16 characters. You're jumping around constantly. There's couldn't develop a flow. And then by the end of it, the editing, they couldn't cut scenes out because every single scene there was like, oh, well, we need. To a, Like this character does this in this scene that we have to have. So it makes sense how they get out of the temple blowing up later. And uh, it was just a nightmare juggling those 16 characters. I think just Capcom's demands from the start were just doomed this to mediocrity.
1: No, I, I agree. I give, I give D'Souza a lot of credit for at least being able to read the room and say, okay, I'm going to take a swing here professionally and see if I can, I can land the director's seat. You know, part of me wonders. I don't know if he re- he regretted it uh, later on after it's, how yeah. kind of, the movie, I, the production, it went. Um, uh, not not judging the movies itself, but the production sounded very difficult. But I give him credit, and I think it was smart of him to do it. But it does feel, and I, I don't know how much this is true or not, but it does feel a little bit like, oh, you're familiar with the video game, and he's like, yeah, and he's like, great, you're hired. <laughs> and it's like that was the extent of the experience he needed. <laughs> so I, I do think um, Capcom probably went into this a little naive on on maybe how this works and what the right way to do it i I feel like everybody saw star wars and they're like we're gonna do what star wars did we're gonna just make a gobs of money because that's how that's the way to do it and so they were using this purely as a marketing vehicle so no wonder they wanted to shove every single character from the game and yeah it's so it's basically like
0: the 80s cartoon model of like he man yeah. where they have a toy line and it's we're like, just we're just building ip like, to sell the toy lines else. the video game it's like yeah like, let's do the next logical step where we're just like pump up the ip sell toys sell
1: more games i, I heard they were going to sell tickets to bisonopolis at some point too <laughs> but uh um too many people died and that's why they shut that down so. <laughs> but yeah i i i uh Capcom, I think, was very much got what they wanted out of this, and I think the the problems of the movie stem directly from that. Is, is them is, is they they were putting they are putting uh, shoehorning IP and content into this well above really. It sounds like anything else, and I actually feel bad for Seuss after reading about it because it sounded like a really challenging <laughs> movie to make. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of stories Van Damme was. <laughs> yes to work with that he was
0: battling some addiction issues
1: yeah there were some substance problems from van damme uh uh as well as i think he was having an affair with kylie minogue who plays uh, Cami in this and then uh, which i mean this is all internet wikipedia i I heard uh, something he actually he actually uh, he he actually owned up to it i do think there are some
0: stuff out there van damme admitting that he yeah Accepting some fault of I was not in a good place. Yeah, and in I this movie and I feel like that's hurt the production.
1: That's pretty well documented. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and say yeah, that's, probably, <laughs> that's probably part of it. But then there there's other issues. Obviously, there's the Capcom oversight issues, and it sounds like the Souza couldn't make a lot of decisions creatively without their feedback. Especially now that I understand you know that they were paying for literally everything. That's not surprising. Uh, but then on top of it, uh, Raul Julia who plays. Um, uh, and oh Lyson. my god this is so sad He, uh I I don't know if it was this is the right type but I think he had stomach cancer during yeah. filming of this and he wanted to make it because his kids were super into the video games as well so he was battling some pretty serious health problems on set and so they're trying to shoot around that when he could and couldn't do stuff and then when he physically looked like he was up for what they were trying to shoot so you know you, you have oh and the other issue we didn't talk about you already mentioned the the less than a day turnaround of the script, but the movie <laughs> I think whenever they shot this, it had to be done by that December and out, so that they yes, could actually get it in theaters. Insisted for, on a Christmas release. Yeah, for for basically pumping up sale sale of games and, and merchandise. So you're battling a lot of different a lot of different issues on pretty much every front of, of time, um, money constraints, talent constraints, and and then. Uh, create create really having creative handcuffs for the director on in terms of trying to uh, um, make this into something that makes any kind of sense whatsoever yeah and then
0: i guess there are additional onset challenges Um, one they cast people based on them looking like the characters not fighting (laughs) ability so they were training the people in these different fighting styles as they're filming the movie and like even to see was like, yeah, I think you can see them like all get a lot better as like the movie goes along. Cause like they actually started getting training and how to, how to fight. <laughs> um, which, you know, for a movie called street fighter, uh, maybe a little more rehearsal time would have, would have been beneficial. Um, but that's talking about the Capcom's demand to have a Christmas release. They just didn't get that time <laughs> that you'd normally put in to take this actor and have him spend at least a few weeks learning how to do uh, the basics of this style. And then is they were filming in Thailand and originally the raid on shadowloo at the end was supposed to be helicopters, but there'd been some like civil unrest or civil war, like right on the Thailand, I think Burma border. And they were right by it. And like the, like the government officials were like, we can't have you having like military e- helicopters flying around. Like there's a risk, like another war will break out if people see that. So they had to switch it to boats, and which just either, oh, not I mean, not, I not boats. How he it, actually it, felt, but he was. It like is
1: a, it is one boat. There's nice one sort of, boat. Yeah. In it. <laughs> um,
0: but he, he like, in the commentary, he seems like he rolled with it pretty well. It was like, okay, we, we can do boats, and like, and then you see, there's like you called it out in your notes, but there's like a line of dialogue kind of like, explaining why it's but has to be boats. And it's like, oh, that's why they put that in because. Because was like, yeah, I can fix that. One line
1: of dialogue. We have to be boats. <laughs> I, I think – well, and it's just Van Dam talking to to his team, which cracks me up because I don't even think he actually gives the full explanation. He's like – I think it cuts in on him finishing a statement. He's like – he's like and this is why we have to use boats yeah <laughs> it's like, oh okay great it's, when you know like the history it really feels like tacked
0: on yeah yeah i i uh, i had never noticed it in the times i've seen it before but
1: seeing that i was like ah it all checks out now I, I think a lot of stuff got cut um on on the day with uh, the script and i think that's probably also why the movie ended up the way it does is they were shooting they were shooting to keep up with time like I mean, I, I think I saw this in, on IMDb Trivia, so who knows if it's true, but it was like by day six. It was like, or no, by day 10 of the production, they were already six days behind. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, holy oh. shit. Well, and
0: D'Souza, uh, he intentionally wrote the script with only about like three locations um, that they would need to shoot in. And so it's a lot of the stuff smart. you see, but it looks different. They've just like slightly moved. At the same place to do it, but because he knew from experience that's what eats up all your time is moving the whole cast and crew to a new location to shoot. So he tried to minimize locations as much as possible so they could do a quicker production and turn this around. Um,
1: Which makes sense. I mean, like I, I feel like he made that's what I, this movie is 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 easy to criticize. I do feel like everything I've read and everything we talked about. I have I my I feel bad for him, man, because this is his first <laughs> shot at directing. Yeah, he just had a lot of stuff stacked up against him going into it. Uh, yeah, I guess on. he
0: had directed some TV, maybe TV movie earlier in his career, um, but this was his first like feature, big studio kind of thing. And like, if this was like, I mean, I did fine, but if this had been a huge hit, like, it could have spurned on a directing career.
1: It could I mean, have, and yeah. I, I, I don't, th- I don't think... know what his aspirations were, but I know we are hearing a lot of stuff through his lens, but uh, I do think that. For what he was given, he did not do a bad job, all things considered. It, I think that's tough. what kind of made the movie go up
0: in my estimation a bit. Listening to the commentary and hearing like all, all the things like set up against them. And so it, it made all the choices make sense. It's like, well, yeah, that's probably about the best choice you could make in that scenario. And so, like, it's kind of now, my brain's like grading it on a curve. I be like, wow, they did a pretty good job. Perfect. Yeah, I think
1: all things considered, not bad, guys. Well it's
0: like this is is a Hollywood action movie. Like uh, It's better than like Hudson Hawk, I'd say. Like,
1: oh uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Well, uh, I guess let's just dive into it. You know, so what is tell me the background of what this movie uh, is about. As much God as you damn it. tell me what you think this movie is I was, about. I I've
0: been waiting, I was holding on to put you on the spot <laughs> to do plot synopsis because <laughs> I didn't want to have to tackle it. Uh, so M. Bison, in the movie they just call him Bison, This is general dictator of Shadaloo, uh, where apparently they uh they speak Esperanto. And all their signage, except Bison, who speaks English. Um, uh, but no, he is a dictator of this country. Takes a bunch of people hostage. Yeah, and, aid, aid relief people, right? Yeah, they, I I kind of glazed over at who they exactly were so they don't really don't really don't give us any like personal.
1: Uh, it made me laugh though because they're in an Asian country and they're like, "Oh, these these poor hostages," and I'm like, "They all look like a bunch of Americans." <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
0: <laughs> well, I guess there is a reason for that. And again, I'm getting way off of my plot synopsis. They were shooting a shot in Australia and Thailand. And so, but in Thailand, a big problem was a lot of the extras they were getting to come out were tourists, <laughs> but they'd be like European and American tourists. So they didn't look native and they all still spoke different languages. And they had to make like cue cards of like, When they hold up a one, you're scared. When they hold up a three, you laugh. Um, Wow. And so that was just like another obstacle in the production of it. Um, But yeah, that's why even to Susan Noehead, yeah, they kept bringing all these extras and they were Americans. And it's like, we're in Thailand. Why? Yeah. Um, Anyway, that that, that kind of threw me. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, Uh, no, so Bison has these hostages and he wants, what, 20 billion dollars? Yeah, their release. uh But uh John Claude Van Damme's character, Guile, is the colonel in charge of tracking down where Bison is, finding the hostages, getting them back. And, and, this what, is or- where the and movie- what
1: organization? What organization does <laughs> Colonel William ba- uh, Guile uh, work for?
0: uh you know, you may be familiar with it. It's a uh,
1: <laughs> close close counterpart to the United Nations, the Allied Nations. <laughs> Oh, God. My favorite piece of trivia was that they asked the UN for permission to use the UN's logo and name. Oh, D'Souza D'Souza was so mad. Capcom Capcom insisted they
0: had to ask the UN. And D'Souza was like, you don't ask the UN. You just use it. They're not going to do anything. Like, they're a public organization. Like, you just put them in. And, like, the UN's not going to sue a movie. Uh, But Capcom insisted. And then once they asked the UN, it was like, no, you cannot use us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you can use our almost exact color scheme. And in concept, what we're doing. So go for it. That's why uh, Guile works for the allied nations. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this is where it gets really confusing to do the synopsis. Because here's where like Chun Lee, Honda, and Balrog are all part of a reporting crew who's also looking for Bison. Because Chun Lee has a backstory where she's trying to kill him, but she's also this apparently international world renowned reporter <laughs> who has a famous boxer and sumo wrestler working for her. Um, yeah. Yeah, all checks out, and then Ryu and Ken are uh, arms dealers, but they uh, deal in Nerf arms. <laughs> uh, bad arms dealers, I would say. <laughs> yes, and they try to sell Nerf guns
1: to Zagat <laughs> or Sagat or whatever. however you uh, say his name? I think it's Sagat. Yeah, Sagat. Yeah, man, that's a that's embarrassing. With, uh, West Studios Sagat. Um, yeah, which well, I, I th- thought he
0: did a great a great. Sagat, to there's 3.
1: there's yeah. like three actors in this there's 17 characters there's three that pretty much underpin anything that's mm-hmm. actually good for this uh and guess the news news flash it's not Van Dam is one of them so it's <laughs> I think it's Chun Lee obviously it's M. bison with uh, Raul Julia and then he's it's, fantastic uh, um uh, 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 uh sagat's character but other than that everything else everybody else is just as wooden as a video game would be yeah uh, so- <laughs> So we're still
0: in like act one, like 40 minutes in of setting up all these characters, motivations and backstories. And then we get like a 10 minute act two where Ryu and Ken f- help work with Guile with a fake killing Guile. So they can infiltrate Sagat's underground gang, arm dealers who are selling weapons to Bison. And so they can, can use that to find out where bison is and chun lee is also tracking them and goes along with them but it's a long way to get then to our 40 minute long act three where they finally <laughs> where they all infiltrate the the uh shadowloo bisonopolis bison, Why? Well, i think
1: is bisonopolis, bisonopolis is bisonopolis? still in the plant
0: i think that's what the 20 billion is for
1: oh bison, bisonopolis build... okay so i have a question for you mm-hmm. um where would you rather take your family for vacation? Would you rather take them to a new, uh, beautiful Bisonopolis, or would you like to take them to Otisburg from Superman 1? <laughs> so in this scenario, did Bison's plan
0: work? He gets the $20 billion, he <laughs> yes. builds Bisonopolis. You can build Bisonopolis. To All right, I, you I, I'm, I'm, going, I'm
1: going to Bisonopolis.
0: Ah. i to plans. He had plans.
1: I, yeah, I feel like Otisburg probably has better restaurants. So I'm I don't go. know. I heard him. He was talking about like and food it's California, in and
0: he was. You're
1: right. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm still gonna go with Otisburg. Uh, <laughs> California seems like an easier shot than Thailand. So uh, I'll send I'll send you pictures. Yeah, please do, please do. <laughs> um, is there? You think there's like a ride where you get turned into Blanca? Like if you go to Bisonopolis? like you can <laughs> you can just get they Somebody can kool aid sur- and surge into and you, surge on <laughs> you to turn you into. Um, a beast man
0: uh, we can only hope we can only hope you get like pulled out for the show like yeah it's like going to Universal where you go to like the Harry Potter like Ollivander 1 store like one of you is going to get turned into a Blanca
1: <laughs> no drink drink this radioactive surge <clears throat> and sit in this chair and you're going to watch a bunch of bad movies for 15 minutes Um, I will say that, that you touched on it and this it, it, one of the things that kind of gets me is this movie is called Street Fighter and they spend two-thirds of this movie setting up this conflict, the bison, the bison, uh, evil stuff. And there's almost in a movie called Street Fighter, there's almost no fighting. In this it drives me, it drove me crazy just because I think the one scene where they we talked about Sagat, but um, they're introducing Ken and Ryu as arms dealers, and then uh, when they they try and uh, um, pull a fastman on Sagat, they try and s- substitute. I, I think Bison's pulling in a bunch of weapons to basically launch his counteroffensive. To, to To hold off the, the Allied nations, and Sagat is in charge of getting all these weapons for him. Ken and Ryu um, uh, effectively uh, try and pull a fast one on on Sagat with nerf guns. <clears throat> Excuse me. And as they get captured, they set up what's going to be this, I would think, really cool fight with uh, the one of the characters from the game Vega and uh, uh, Ryu. It's also right at the time in the movie where you need a fight. Yeah, you need action. And what do they do fight. right yeah. before the action starts? They're like, let's just let's put Van Damme in a tank and drive him right into the middle of this so that there's no fight whatsoever. It's like, "Oh, great. Thank you for." That's that's probably this movie's biggest biggest fault. Is it goes too much to guns um when the whole movie's predicated on or the whole concept of the game is predicated on like hand-to-hand combat stuff. Yeah, I agree. That's it <laughs> And I don't know how,
0: with, I don't know. Defend it. What a story. (laughs) No, is Capcom, if they didn't want it to be like a fighting tournament style thing. If they wanted to fill out these like backstories and have it try to be as real as it could be. But once you kind of make it Bison and Guile, it's like, well, how would you shoehorn like fights into all of this there's not um, room there, there's without, no yeah. room it, it's, it would strain credulity of the world as well because like there's the army they would just have like they have an army like why would two people just fight um they do eventually pay off the Ryu Vegas stuff at the end of the fight but that's like when it's jammed in with like 20 other fights happening at once so it, yeah you kind of glaze over at some point of what should have been exciting audience moments of seeing these two characters head to head. It's just all happened at the same time.
1: And what's what's funny is in in 19, was it, 1988, I Van Damme's career launches on Bloodsport. Bloodsport is literally exactly the premise of what the game is, where it's just yeah. <laughs> two-thirds of that movie is just hand-to-hand combat and they're doing these fun rounds where the, that that's like a smarter way to do it. If they want to make Guile the main character, that's fine, but but Dimp that was part of the again the problem they made is they emphasized everybody as a character and so you 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 don't give those windows to actually allow it to focus in on on just like the the fun stuff of like the fighting. So but I mean, that's why I think Bloodsport works is it's it kind of knows what it is and it's not trying to be anything crazier and and it really focuses on one lead the entire time. I think here yeah everybody's got different motivations everybody's everybody's getting a little bit of world building and there's there's so much there in the service of 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 the world building that you just it doesn't really pay off like you said at the end of it everybody's fighting but it's but it's like too little too late at that point yeah
0: well to steal the from the rewatchables would this be better as like a prestige tv series or like a netflix series like yes a million times yes because you could do two characters per episode do like eight episodes and fill out their backstory, let them fight, do stuff, not cram it all into a hundred minutes.
1: Uh, I guess I, I actually, actually like your idea of you breaking into two different movies. And I think then if you tell me that everything we've watched to this point is basically like most of all of act one, part of act two, and then there's another movie that's going to somehow close the loop on all of this and you, you get a payoff in, in the second one. I think you could do it that way. I, I I believe the whole series went and shifted towards anime later on, which is probably yeah, a better which, platform for it too, right? Because you it's could to produce, and I, I do all make,
0: the and you could do the moves. You can do special effects that's yeah. not going to look cheesy,
1: right? Right. So I uh, so to, all right. So wrap up the
0: plot a little bit. So Guile uh, takes his stealth boat, and the uh, they kind of infiltrate Bison's lair. Um and basically it's you could figure out from there. It's all the characters fighting going head to head. Guile and bison have a big showdown. Uh the good guys win, of course, defeat bison free hostages, blow up the big Bond villain oh, Bond villain layer they've built for Bison for the movie. Um and that's where I think we're talking about they've had so much room at the end there, um, I think they could have done some things where instead of like they get into these random fights while trying to escape. Or infiltrate or different stuff I would have had a little more of you could have had bites in like making the people fight for like his entertainment and being like, oh you guys have to fight or I will kill hostages um and add in a little bit of something in there of getting a few more moments of a head to head fight where it's like countdown fight
1: i yeah but yeah I mean that's a not a great idea, but no, it it is it gives cause, you because at least gives you some stakes or at least gives you some some of the the payoff of kind of what's lacking in here because they're again, they they go to guns too much, and another thing too, you don't really get to see any of the cool like I don't know one of my favorite parts of the game when I was a kid was all of the special moves everybody could do. And yeah. so it was like, um, you can, you have a couple of them here with Chun-Li doing the kicks and then uh, the uppercut from the really cheesy uppercut by Phantom <laughs> as as Guile. And then uh, they kind of allude to a Hadouken from, uh, I think it's Ryu towards the yeah. end. Yeah, but you really can't quite tell if it's real. They or really
0: and... thread a needle of like, like we gotta give you the moment, but we've not built a world where that is realistic.
1: Yeah, and I think that's, that's what's lacking is 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 they try and it's like they try and ground this at all the wrong times, and it's like well just don't stop at that point, just just give him superpowers. Why not? <laughs> ah, <Yeah. laughs>
0: uh, I would have loved to see the movie try to grapple with it. oh one 1994
1: two. special effects, just <laughs> one character having superpowers. <laughs> they, technically, they kind of all do, but I mean. <laughs> hey, who am I? to And that, actually, that's one area I wanted to touch on was um, we didn't hit on the plot, but uh, uh, they they do introduce the character of of Charlie. <laughs> he's, a, <laughs> he's a captured uh, Allied Nations um, soldier, and he's one of the best friend. He's the best friend of uh, uh, of Guile, and Which Guile they do Guile a really poses this guy. He's cruising over.
0: So I. At what point do they establish that they are friends? Is it just so?
1: It's just through exposition. The boat it's just through exposition, and it's they're the on the very...
0: stealth boat going. In and he has like this flashback, or he pulls out this like weird cassette. He watches of like. uh Yeah,
1: I, I keep weird cassettes of all of my my dinner dates, my double dates with friends too, so I can always reminisce. <laughs> but meanwhile, like the guy, like um no, he but, sets him like up. He like sets it. him up at the
0: beginning. Yeah, it, it's his name. But it's like. 30 minutes earlier or like, I don't know. It was like, it's so much shit has happened with characters. I'm like, wait, who
1: is this guy again? Well, and that's, that's where you can, to me, you can see that the the movie didn't really have what it needed to to pull it off. But they set up Blanco, who to me was one of the coolest characters in the video game. He's this guy, this big green kind of uh, strong. I love playing as him. Dragon looking guy. Yeah. He can electrocute people. uh, Got big, crazy shock of orange hair. He's green skin. And what's funny to me was (laughs) At the beginning, I guess he's captured as part of the, the hostages that were taken uh, by Bison's team. And uh, during a news broadcast, uh, Guile commandeers Chun-Li's microphone and starts talking, <laughs> somehow talking directly to Bison in an active conversation across <laughs> global a global TV network. And at the end, he completely screws his friend because he's like, He's like, hang on, Charlie. Don't worry, I'm coming for you. Don't <laughs> worry, Charlie. And then, like, what does Bison do? He immediately looks at the guy who's like, oh, like you're his friend. Great, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck you up. Now. <laughs> like, why would you do that? So that was that always makes me laugh. And then, what do they do? They give him to, uh, uh, Doctor. I guess it's Doctor Daslem. Y- yeah, I, I was. I, it took me,
0: I don't know how many watches to put together. <laughs>
1: And that guy's from that- Indiana Jones. I think he's from Temple of Doom, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think he's the prime minister.
1: Yeah, he's one of the guy, one of the dignitaries that they have dinner with right before the whole reveal for Indy that that uh, it's actually like a slave labor camp underneath this this, <laughs> this castle. Um, but yeah, like they it, they kind of set up Blanca with this horrible this horrible fate, and it's really Van Damme's fault. And then they just never really pay off that character they they have him for most of the movie getting injected with what looks like again looks like 1994 <laughs> surge uh energy drink <laughs> and um having him watch all these like hate movies and like uh like world war ii footage and it's supposed to be like, destroying and brain, like, breaking his brain down to only want violence but it really just looks like somebody playing, like, a Nintendo VR in, like, 1994 for <laughs> <laughs> two long. So it's just really bad. Um, and Blanca, that, that's what frustrated me, was Blanca's supposed to be kind of this cool character. And by the end of it, it looks... There's no physical change other than he has lightly tinted green skin and orange hair, but he doesn't look any stronger. <laughs> he doesn't really do any cool moves,
0: so no, they really don't pay that off at all. No, it's and like they die. They die. Like right at the opening of the movie, you establish we're gonna turn this character, and Bison references it throughout the movie of like I'm gonna make an army of these like super soldiers, and he's the first, and then he there's no like. You never
1: really see him do anything. He kind of beats up a guard, and then him and Doslam yes. reconcile to 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 dying when the whole place gets blown up, and then that's it. And it's Although, it's, it's, it's a just, bad payoff. A oh, and then Van Damme's gonna him. shoot him in the face.
0: I know. I was gonna say, a great moment for Guile. This is supposed to be like his best friend. He breaks in. He encounters him for the first time within like ten seconds of seeing what's happened to his friend. He's like gunned to his friend's head. Well, I got to put you out of your misery and kill you. <laughs> it's like, I'm, wow, I'm going like,
1: to I'm going to kill you, Charlie. Maybe I like five
0: minutes of research on like is this reversible? Like what kind of know, life did you have? Or like
1: and, and Charlie's talking to him, and he's communicating like a normal human being. Like he's <laughs> like uh, I'm upset or I'm concerned or this this bothers me. And then what is what is what is I don't even think. Uh, Blanca asked him to, he just pulls his gun, like, Well, yeah, my only option on is <laughs> yeah, it's not like Blanca's like, oh, I'm
0: in pain, or like, don't I don't want
1: become a monster. Like, he's just, no, he's just like, Well, better better put him down just in <laughs> <Yeah>. case. <laughs> just well, you're a freak choice. now.
0: <laughs> I, I know, it,
1: it really doesn't sit well with what they're trying to build guile is this sort of yeah uh, as, all-american you know, <laughs> impu- imputable uh, uh character great and hero of, yeah <laughs> he shoots his, he's gonna shoot his friend in the face cool <laughs> great
0: who that's so. his whole motive like not his whole motivation he wants to save the hostages and stuff but but they play his, a like, tape. personal motivation is like oh i'm here well i guess i have to kill you
1: <laughs> well but uh, you're right they play a tape while he's my favorite part of this. I, I have some friends who've been served in the military, so I'll, I'd love to ask them this question. They've been in combat, and I I would love to know if before they go into battle, they're watching VHS copies of, of the, that somebody took of them on a double date with their spouse, because that's what they shot, and that's what they presented here, was Yeah, uh, Guile is driving with two other people in the boat with him. He's driving this boat into combat, and while he's driving down the river on the way to Bisonopolis or whatever the hell uh, the final uh, bison layer is, he plays a VHS tape of him and Blanca on a a double date together. I I don't know who's recording it, but they're just like laughing and having a good time. Um, But it's the weirdest, it's the weirdest way. Like just give him a flashback. You don't need to show. Yeah. and It just doesn't make any
0: sense. It so disrupts the flow of the movie at that moment, and it's, like, so confusing because it's not, like, I'm always, like, wait, who is that guy he's with? It's like, oh, right, that soldier he was friends with from the beginning is, like, he's getting turned into Blanca, and I guess the women in that are D'Souza's wife and Van Damme's wife.
1: Well, I will tell you the way it's been shot, if you told me that Charlie and Guile were in a relationship together, too, I would also believe it from the way they presented all of that in that scene. It doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, and it's this real, like, um, what do, what the hell do you call it? Like a soft lens, like a diffused light. Yeah. it's it's like totally at odds with everything else in the movie you've seen visually.
1: Um, yeah, it, it's just it, it, it never works, and and I, I I enjoy the attempt to try and set up that relationship, but it's just it just never works. It's yeah, actually we it, that, or or just don't show earlier it. Like, and to me, and it was then more like, reference it back later. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I like about the game was. I mean, as an 11 year old, when you're playing it or, or younger, I didn't care. I didn't care why he was green or why he had orange hair. I just thought he was cool. And I wanted to play that cool character, character design and, yeah. and that's it. And again, that, that's where I will go back to Bloodsport again. I think Bloodsport works really well because you're, you, you barely get set up for Van Damme's character other than he's been trained by the best you know martial artist in the world. <laughs> Besides that, um, uh, you really don't get anything else, and you don't get anything else on the other characters, and that's but that's kind of good because they focus on the fighting here. They, again, Capcom just trying to push this world building and the and the character, too many characters under one roof, It just it just steers this whole thing off the rails.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> it's it's hard. It's a hard one to go because the decision by Capcom that every character needed to be shown in the movie and like you don't just want to keep hammering that point but like it's what messes up it's made it impossible to make a coherent movie when you have that many
1: characters to serve i will say one thing that did make me happy with the extra characters was uh i did not realize i was watching it but you pointed it out was uh zangief is also butterfinger (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: and
1: and that's what
0: that I don't know why I, I probably go back and forth when I watch it, but on this viewing, <laughs> his uh, a lot of his humor worked for me. You uh, do. Like he's basically Butterfinger from Hudson Hawk. Like he's like, with a Mohawk. <laughs> with yeah, a Mohawk. he has is- all like the stupid like big muscle bound guys. So he's like uh, probably like the number one henchman for Bison, and is like super loyal. But his like arc in the movie is. <laughs> he like, is a true believer in Bison and thinks Bison's a good guy. And by virtue like, of being an idiot. <laughs> they, yeah, just because he's so dumb and just been told, like, Bison told him he's a good guy. So he's like, okay, I helped the good guy. And then by the end, they're like, no, man, Bison's the bad guy. And he's like, oh. Um, but he, there's a bomb going off and chun is like, sent, like, this, like, broadcast. Um, and he does, like, and I feel you've seen this in, like, countless 90s things where, like, the big dumb guy is seeing something he doesn't like on TV and
1: it's like, change the channel. <laughs> um, I, thought I, I, the did humor, I did the humor chuckle wo- at this one. <laughs> the humor works really well, I think, throughout the movie. And, I, and that's actually one of the biggest takeaway I had. And I, I think you even said that the D'Souza took sort of a comedy writing approach. Yeah, like everything that in it, like people would laugh at, but it's funny. I mean, it's intentional.
0: It's like yeah, yeah. D'Souza is trying to make it funny. Uh, whether I, that works. humor is working all the time
1: it works with certain people and i thought zingy stuff uh made me laugh uh and then there was a joke later on where uh i think everybody's breaking into bison's lair and uh Sagad, if anybody hasn't seen it uh played by west Studi, it has one eye he's got an eye patch <laughs> which i will say was on the wrong side um uh which I don't know why is nerd <laughs> i don't whatever uh but it did make me laugh that uh uh, Sagat has some line about, Look, I, who I, how did we miss the uh, these guys? Uh, oh, Ken and Ryu double crossing him, and, he, and I can't remember what exactly Bison says, but he makes it, he makes a crack about, like, I don't know how you didn't see this coming. And he puts a eye, hand over his eye, and it's like he's making fun of like the fact no. that Sagat's got one eye. I'm like, I don't know. I actually laughed out loud. At that. So, I
0: guess that was, yeah, they came up with that on set. It was Miguel Nunez who plays uh, DJ, DJ. Yeah. um, and I guess he. Uh, worked with julia they came up with that on set and it's something that's like but julia does this like super dramatic like line <laughs> reading you know, it's fantastic and he um about yeah and he's like i guess you didn't see that and he covers <laughs> up the eye and it's like it's such a perfect thing from like the village because it's such a dick thing to say to somebody somebody's missing an eye that you can only get away with it when it's like the evil dictator doing it but um <laughs> that's but stuff, julia that- is so fantastic like i def- like. I could see that not landing at all. Um, but like, he's just embodying this character in a way that like, yeah, I could fully see this character doing it. It is kind of funny.
1: <laughs> and- Ralph Ra- Ra- Julie, we haven't touched on it, but again, this is his last movie. And I think he, he is doing all of the work in this movie. To keep this. Thing yeah. I mean,
0: watching it, I was like, man, I wish he could have gotten a chance to be like a bond villain.
1: He would have been good. I think he's kind of like an early sort of equivalent of, um, Javier Bardem's uh, De Silva in, in Skyfall. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could see that. And yeah, especially he, he, if he, he, got, play, he plays it big to kind of the like Daniel what?
0: Craig. Because they're asking him at this time more uh, the big, big Bond film, more the uh, Jonathan Price and like Tomorrow Never Dies level.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, but
0: Julia's is a good enough actor where he could have done the Daniel Craig era as well, where it gets a little more grounded, or but also make it big in a believable way.
1: And that that's what I, I went into this watching watching it with um the the lens that you know this is his last movie and man I think from the probably for the first 30 minutes he's doing just a lot of work to pretty much set up the whole plot, set up motivations, and he kind of is far and away not kind of he's far away far and away really the best actor in the movie in terms of having a screen presence. I mean, they're big choices. He's going, he's going really big, but he's playing it like a kind of a cartoonish bad guy. And I think he knows what he's doing. I'm not oh, sure yeah. if the rest of the movie can keep up with what he's trying to <laughs> trying to pull off. But just by virtue of it, you know, the other actors and, and maybe uh, how, how it was written. But um, Julia pretty much carries, the, the I would say, most of the first act and a lot of the third act as well in terms of his interaction with, with Van Damme at the end to pay off that, that final fight. And that's what's, that's what's tough is they have a lot of weird cuts in that final fight. <laughs> but when you read about it, it's like, well, they did it because they're trying to cut around Rajulia's health conditions. And, and yeah, and, and that's sort of that. so like, oh, okay, it makes a lot of sense actually when when you when you watch it in the context of that. Yeah,
0: he's so fantastic. The, spicy, the speech he gives when he's showing, introducing Bisonopolis. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he's basically given the speech of, like, why do they hate me? All I want is peace for the world, but peace by conquering it. <laughs> but. Um, and it's such like a hammy scene, like but he's just like knocking it out of the park. And I think the problem in the movie is there's no
1: counterweight to him. No, because Van Dam can't Van Dam can't bring that same presence on sort of the, the good guy side, right?
0: And they just don't give. I mean, Van Dam he was in it a little more than I remembered, but he's not. There's so many leads. Like it's also like kind of Chun Li's story. Um, Arguably, hers is the better backstory because it's all
1: revenge-motivated.
0: Yeah, they, they killed her father who, like, saved the village from Bison's, like, tr- 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 troops. Whereas, like, Van Damme's personal, uh, Guile's personal, is, like, his friend got kidnapped by, like, Bison. It's like, ah, oh, the Chun-Li one's a little, like... A little more than... A little, a little more than, gravitas.
1: Yeah. And and, and technically, uh, Guile's being paid to be there. That's... <laughs> he's... Like, yeah, that's yeah, his yeah, job. Yeah. That's actually technically his job. <laughs> so... um. There, uh, a couple other things I just want to touch on real quick uh, before we, we kind of move into the next ca- couple of categories. But one of my favorite parts of this in the in the I would say you say it's 10 minutes. I would say it's the five minute second act is uh, when uh, the bad guys are breaking out of the uh, Allied Nations jail. Uh, the big plot twist is to to sneak Ken and Ryu into Sagat's uh, un- a clandestine organization. They stage this jailbreak and they have Ken fake shoot. Well, not fake shoot, but he shoots, he shoots Guile dead and they present him as a, uh, as if they've killed Guile and everybody acts like he's gone. And that sort of lends credibility to Ken and Ryu uh, infiltrating this gang. And uh, then later on Chun-Li is, is stealthily sneaking into the allied nations uh, headquarters (laughs) And she ends up in the morgue. <laughs> this is hours. <laughs> this is hours later, and she goes over, and uh, Guile's <laughs> body is on, is laying on the slab. Well, and then he gets up, and so and, and starts talking to to Chun Li, and busts her, and has her arrested for for breaking into the Allied Nations. He's been laying on that fucking slab for hours, pretending to be dead, and still has, no like, the blanket
0: covering it. <laughs> yeah, like, blanket it's on his straight, leg. Like, it's, Yeah, it's like. What was, when, what was the end game of this
1: plan? Everybody comes in. Nobody else is surprised that he's just laying on, on this on this uh, gurney by himself, pretending to be dead for hours. Like nobody. Nobody is surprised. Nobody is reacting to that. All they're reacting to is Chun Li breaking in. Yeah,
0: just... in the world of the movie, Guile for hours potentially. I hope so. Right in a room by himself, <laughs> pretending to be dead.
1: My theory is he just wanted to take a nap before his big invasion into uh, Shadow <laughs> Shadowloo. <laughs> that was my thought. I loved it. I because I like, it's such a weird choice and it's um. I just I don't it it, and it doesn't pay it's off. It's the really. type of There's thing a, that's like
0: so crazy. It's fun. Like it's yeah. so easy to make fun of, but it's so goofy that you have to laugh at it and stuff. It's like oh, and I know like suspension of disbelief for this Street Fighter movie, um,
1: but it doesn't make sense. It's like it never but, pays yeah. off. Like I would argue that that they could have had the breakout without having to it be Guile, who's the one who gets shot, and all you have to do is just break out with these guys. I I, uh, I
0: didn't it. mind I that it's a taking that shortcut to like be like oh we definitely want these guys like they killed that guy I hate um, that,
1: that is my favorite part of that breakout is uh, uh, Ken raises up and shoots Guile uh, Sagat is sitting in the back of this, this troop carrier doesn't actually even see it happen but they cut to him right when Kyle gets shot and he gives this like like, uh, what's yeah, like, it, like this knowing and very approving nod of like, all right, it's 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 gonna gonna yeah, this guy, I like this guy, yeah, like, I, I don't know what but... the hell he just did, but I approve, yeah, like <laughs> so. quality um, guy. So, are there any other scenes that you want to touch on? I really like that, that faking Kyle's death, isn't it? Yeah, that was <laughs> hilarious.
0: Um, uh, just because, um, the, the backstory of it is kind of crazy. So in the movie guile has to give this big speech the allied nations have sent like a bureaucrat kind of guy uh to tell him like no we're gonna negotiate with bison we're gonna probably pay him off for the hostages we're calling off the invasion um and guile's like uh gives this big speech to all these troops and basically it's like well i'm going anyway who's coming with me um and of course, they all go with him. Uh, but it's this big; it's like a big, long, rousing speech. It must be like a big moment for him. But I guess they filmed it on the 50th anniversary of D-Day, and I guess the night before,
1: Van oh really Dam's is, yeah.
0: dad was there. And I guess this is all from D'Souza, and his dad was telling these like like emotional stories about um, World War II. And thing. Um, and I guess there are lots of like speeches going on like the day before, the day of, like commemorating thing. And um D'Souza said Van Damme like did the whole thing in one take. And he was like, I was really happy with what he did. And I think because he was spending the past like day and a half doing nothing but listening to these like rousing military speeches about World War II, that it really helped his performance um when he had to <laughs> when he had to do that.
1: I, I would I would argue that you're putting forth that Van Damme's father is a better actor than he is. <laughs> um that's how I'm interpreting that. I I don't think it's it's not bad. I think it's probably his biggest it's the big moment, moment. yeah, yeah. In, in the whole movie and it 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 pays he pays it off pretty well. It's just he's not he's not bringing that for the rest of the movie. That's the problem.
0: Yeah. And like we yeah. talked about with what Julia is bringing for Bison, that's like guile's moment to match that energy and bring it and he just he just doesn't and it's like wow i find the villain much more compelling than our hero (laughs) like
1: yeah i uh i i I tend to as well um it's it's a shame it's a shame that you didn't have a better foil for for julia to play off of because if, if if van damme had brought that same energy in the final scenes i think they would have played better yeah but but the 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 end scenes to me weren't weren't really that good i did enjoy as well uh julia's roger or sorry Bison's suit reviving him after guile punches him through but that was that was my frustration was even in the <laughs> final fight uh you get a little bit of the street fighter fighting with with guile doing these crazy kicks and flying and shit and then it goes right back to guns like <laughs> like they're like then they're picking up guns again it's
0: like ah, come on like
1: yeah you wanted more and we want fighting i want street fighting i want actual street yeah. fighting
0: what so I mean is I want them
1: to fight with a broken bottle, a trash can with <laughs> I want to see them.
0: some hobos, some
1: hobos fighting. I want to see some real street fighting.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I had two more things I wanted to definitely hit on. One, uh, Bison's floating platform thing that awesome. has the literal arcade board control board from Street Fighter 2 as what he uses to like control things. Awesome. So, yeah, if you played the game, you know, like, Bison, like, crashes in and this big floating evil villain. like Does I he? Know, I don't even know what the hell you call it. That's I just remember him, like, coming in and flying in on that in the game. I just thought that was movie that t- bullshit. <laughs> I really uh, no, no, know. that's it. That, I mean, I'm, like, 99% sure that is in the game. And my memory uh, is in something really weird, that conflating, this, this movie, if it's not. Um but
1: um i believe you're thinking of the movie flight of the navigator and you're
0: (laughs) (laughs) so but no so he's he's there's a moment in the where he's like shooting at boats or the allied soldiers invading and he's using the video game control board from like a arcade cabinet for street fighter and it's like that kind of thing i don't think i think the movie we were kind of expecting as kids or as an American audience was maybe a little bit more serious than that. And D'Souza was more interested in like, well, we're going to put these like funny moments in, because this is all ridiculous and he's not wrong in that. But I think the audience going in, in the trailers and stuff were selling the dramatic action and it doesn't quite deliver that in the street fighter manner. And maybe some of the the comedy stuff was off putting to people who wanted it just intense fighting and yeah so it's a moment I like it's it's like a little cutesy but PG
1: thirteen or was this R this is probably PG it's PG
0: thirteen I guess they had a really hard time with the ratings board because. It was right around the same time Congress was, they were having like congressional hearings around video game violence, so I think the MPAA was nervous about getting like pulled into that for the movie industry, and so they really made them tone it down, uh, at, even at like PG-13. Of like, we're giving you an R if there's anything we have a question about
1: uh yeah i actually think if this was R, it might, uh, I, which is typical for most action movies if this was an R, it would probably be a little bit better um yeah
0: it is a little more plausible or a little more exciting yeah special effects from maybe the cuts make from as strange squibs answer. and fun like yeah
1: i i do yeah i do think a am I'm, I'm sorry i cut you off on on the platform thing my bad
0: oh no 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 that, that's all i was just, i really it was more the uh using the arcade controls uh, for it was watching it, hearing it as use as a commentary, watching it now. I'm like, okay, I, I, I don't mind that choice. That's kind of fun. I think in the moment, I could see that being groan-inducing of like, oh my god, they're doing this
1: now? I would, uh, I think given the choice of the two, I would rather ride in Bison's floating office than on Dred's Lawmaster. <laughs>
0: Hmm. Back over to you. Which one do you prefer? I, I, I'd agree. I'll take I take license.
1: I kind of liked it. I actually the the whole um, yeah, it's a fun. was like it was a fun one. I think as an adult, I would probably appreciate that more. Uh, as a kid, to your point, I probably wanted to take this way more serious than I should.
0: <laughs> it's yeah, like- it's a you kind of maybe have a better um, appreciation of what they're actually trying to do.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I think to to your point, what you heard the commentary from D'Souza, knowing somebody's vision, especially given all the other uh, kind of confluence of things going into this, I I think that helps that helps craft a better appreciation of maybe what they were after rather than what what actually the final product was.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean we keep getting it. it's uh, it's like all those characters getting crammed in. It just makes the end such a muddled mess because each emotional journey the character is supposed to be on it's a hard to invest in and care about when you just jump in between character and, character and character. pay it
1: off and you can't pay you yeah. just can't pay
0: it off. was really proud that every character ended up by the end of the movie in their like outfit from the video game <laughs> but in like an organic way of because obviously a lot of them are like unrealistic for in like the real world except for like guile like he's a soldier so he has on like fatigues and stuff and like bison is this crazy dictator so he has on his crazy dictator outfit but all the other characters like chun li is only wearing that dress because bison has like forced her to yeah or like uh balrog like captured and then found like boxing stuff in this like gym at this training gym in Shadaloo or like Yanda get tortured and that's why his like shirt got like ripped off and is in rags around his waist and um well yeah, I mean, that is fun and actually pretty good but it's also like I don't know. It seems like you spent a lot of effort <laughs> making all of that line up and work out <laughs> that there were a few other like plot points and character things that could have used some some additional work.
1: <laughs> yeah. The entire second act.
0: But yeah. I think that's like cop cam. Mm-hmm capcom marching orders
1: it, it is it is i uh it kind of makes me curious now now because capcom did resident evil as well It makes me want to go back and do some some looking and, and see kind of how how much they had their hands on the production of those movies because th- the first one was not bad but I, it was fall off pretty quick and i wonder similar to this if they just they were exerting too much influence uh, on those movies which which explains the trend that those tokens will
0: well. Yeah, more, but yeah. Oh, that's just also like a kind of natural progression of movies like that to kind of <laughs> slip into Taper close off. to like direct to video or direct to streaming.
1: That's fair. Uh, yeah. Most movies don't get better uh, as sequels progress. <laughs> so, yeah. It's really hard <laughs> to
0: take that route. Um, so one other thing I was going to talk about was uh, some of the set design. Um, so you've made a great point. And some of this is the restrained um, or constrained timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the shadowloo Bison's Lair and this, like, temple um, that's still, like, kind of under construction, still has, like, ruins around it, but, um, and obviously they're going for, like, a bombed villain there, but, um, like, you made a great point of, like, yeah, this isn't Ken Adams, a Ken Adams set for a no, bombed movie. Like, no, no,
1: and you can uh, look at it, and it does, I mean, Goldeneye was the same year, I think Goldeneye was 94.
0: Sounds right, 94, 95, but yeah, yeah, right around the same time.
1: And the whole ending there—that's a good juxtaposition, probably to what Bisons' layer is supposed to be—is it is supposed to be this huge blonde villain layer. And I got the sense they were looking at like you only live twice, and maybe. um, Oh, definitely, yeah. uh, Part of the set at the end of the Spy You Loved Me, or or something like that, of uh, uh, the Stromberg underwater thing. But when you when you watch it here, like I can see they went for that. But when you see it here it's like well they took all of that cool stuff with this big open expansive spaces and they didn't have the money or they didn't have the space to do it And so they just take all that same stuff and they just shoehorn it into like a third of the space yeah it and feels so it looks very crowded. cramped right? yeah. yeah like hey we have this really cool computer area over here over here is like a really cool hostage keeping area over here is going to be some stuff that guards are doing that are interesting but the problem is, is as you sort of move around the space, it's like, well, I can see all of those things all at the same time. So it just doesn't. I understand what their motivations were, but but uh, it just doesn't. They don't pull it off. And I, I think again, it was a, a, probably a budget constraint or a time constraint. Yeah. Like you see where constraint. their heart
0: is, but yeah. for the constraints of the production, they just couldn't get to where they probably wanted to get to. But I would um, argue
1: that Shadow Loose is probably like the best looking one in the entire movie. Everything yeah, else no, it's fantastic, like and they have new. a lot
0: of nice little touches and like. My- uh, D'Souza was really bitter. I guess there's, you see these like bison bucks, and then you see these like shadowy like swizzle stick things for like mixing drinks, like bison has. And stuff. I did not and, see that, but I and I, I guess I uh, right. those are like rampant being like stolen off the set as like souvenirs. And D'Souza was really bitter that he that he, he didn't get any other people took them all before he had a chance. Oh, to, I would take
1: I would take some bison bucks. Too. Yeah. I'd oh my god. One. Yeah,
0: I would love some. <laughs>
1: It's going to be the currency of the future. It's like Africa. Although
0: drill. it's 100% something like even if you worked on the movie, if you had that, it 100% ends up like in a drawer in your house oh, yeah. somewhere yeah. that you completely forget yeah. about. And one day you're like 20 years later, you're talking to an idiot like me. And it's just like, oh, do you want these? Because they've been in this drawer for 20 years and it was stupid to take them. So you seem to care about having some bison bucks. So.
1: Well, I'd say if anybody listens to this, who worked in the production of, of Street Fighter <laughs> and... You still have some, please. would love and some bison bucks. Even Edisusa, because it sounds like he was very upset he didn't get him. And oh frankly, yeah, give him a- frankly, in finish to that guy, he put a lot of time, energy, and and, and blood and sweat into this movie, so I think mm. he's he's <laughs> at least earned some bison bucks back. From everything I read. <laughs> well, all right. So where all right, the budget was thirty five million dollars, it did over hundred. It sounds like. Well, I've seen conflicting. I've seen about ninety nine million globally. Then I've also seen that that article about uh Capcom's returns. It did over 135 million.
0: I think that 135 is with like D V D sales and things like and then like to TV to HBO kind of stuff of um I, I believe is what I remember research right. Because i saw like 99 million in box office kind
1: so of. Let's let's inter- say you have three and a half, You have three and a half million to spend to improve this or change it or make it make it what you'd want. Where are you where are you putting that money?
0: Man, this is a really hard one to do that with because understanding that the order is from Capcom. So it's probably not enough money to do this. My idea was try to convince them to shoot two movies back to back and that you spread space out the characters so that you can tell a story, have an arc for some of these people. Um, But I don't know, three and a half million is really quite enough to do that. Um, And then knowing the health issues Julia was having is like, well... (laughs) there's limitations there so this one it's really um, really knowing the production schedule that they're under like even if you're going to spend the money building an additional set do you have the time to do that Yeah. Um, so, the, so it's always tough with this one if we're uh, how much real world are we bringing into it of like the limitations that actually existed or how much is it just a fantasy of of what we're uh what we're doing with that, and man, yeah. uh, spend it, Michael. Where are <laughs> you spending it? Uh I'm taking all three and a half million, and I'm making like Blanca from the video game be in the movie. I want electric powers. I want everything. I'm spending all three and a half million on special effects to have a real Blanca in the movie. This is already a disaster. You're not fixing it. At least I'm that'd fine, be coolest. I, I at least mean, that'd be cool as hell.
1: I think that's a good answer. Yeah, because that that was the one character that I really wanted to see pay off, and they and they don't. Um, uh, just because he was the coolest to me, and it kind of looks like I'm not. Yeah, in I shape, love doing but, his
0: electric shock move. Yeah, on, on people, yeah.
1: But I'm not in shape. But it looks like somebody who's slightly more in shape than me playing Blanco. So, I'm so like, I guess I guess for funny. the
0: actor for the close-ups, it's the same guy you see earlier in makeup, but then for. Anything that's more of like a three quarter shot where he's doing action, they did use a stunt, like a stunt double, a body no. double for it. Uh, But even that guy didn't stand out. He didn't look that being, ribbed. Like, you, need,
1: you need like a Schwarzenegger in his prime kind of guy, or yeah. like a Lou Frigno when he played the Hulk kind of guy. But maybe they still
0: it. had to have it match the original actor enough. Uh, but that guy has so little lines. Like, why did you just cast the stunt? Yeah, that's good. Great guy, body double as him. He, I don't know if he has a line in the movie other than like. One or two things he says after
1: he's turned into Blanca. So. No, I you, I think you're right. Just recast him as the stunt double. Um, well, I maybe, right, maybe so. that
0: was a bigger role in the original script, uh, and it got edited down as they were filming, as it does feel like there the was like a, like a or...
1: prelude to the whole movie or something that that they he would have had a bigger piece of. Yeah, that like should they just the, lost they it. Showed the the buildup of him being captured, but that yeah, just I think. It, it does feel like one of those things where, when D'Souza was going through and trying to meet the schedule demands, he he acknowledged, from what I'd read, that there were they were just cutting stuff. Like basically, I think he said ripping pages out, and it was something like okay. every page you rip out is like a ten minute window, or it was something yeah. like
0: that. I know I saw something that he was saying uh, he was taking it uh, from like John Ford would do this. Like that, right uh, yeah, they'd come yeah. and be like, we're behind schedule, and he just like rip pages out. He's like, all right, well we don't have to shoot that now, so we're back on schedule. And- <laughs> And it was like I think I just alluded like maybe that wasn't the best approach, (laughs) Um, but I think it was so much pressure to get this made that there really probably wasn't another way to do that. You weren't gonna find the time.
1: No, and I I think Blanca was one of those where they probably knew he was a super popular character, so they had to do something with him. But you can tell that his character probably was victim of of that approach. To we kind of cut some stuff. Yeah, so how are, how are you
0: spending 10 to, or three three and $3.5 million? Dollars? Uh,
1: <laughs> I actually would make... The, well, I have two things I want to say on that. One, I think you could arguably take back $3.5 from Van Damme, and you don't have to actually increase the budget <laughs> because he doesn't do that much in here, and it sounds like he was a bit of a detriment in times to, to the overall production, uh, yeah. from what I've read. Uh, but I would, I would spend $3.5 million dollars to lend more credibility to this movie, and I would give $3.5 million dollars to the U.N., to let them use use the U.N.'s name. However, the condition that comes with is uh, you have to bring into the movie, and he has to have a prominent role, uh, Boutros Boutros-Ghali, who was the U.N. Secretary General at the time. I want him to actually be like a main character in the movie.
0: It's, it's a hell of a way to spend the money. I'll give you that.
1: Well, he's just going to like a, 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 a more positive cause than just paying somebody more money for no reason. <laughs> But I think that'd be fun is I'm gonna lend some credibility to the uh to the Shadaloo, uh fight against uh M. bison and, and bring the actual UN in into this. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh where would you where would you put our friend Carl Weathers in this?
0: <laughs> I originally sent you I w- I would try him out as bison. because um, I think that would be a lot of fun. But now after um looking at it more, I, I might cast him as Guile after we've talked about it, I think maybe he could bring the energy to match Raul <laughs> yeah, Julia. He could,
1: bring, he could bring a lot more energy than that, brings.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The very least he's going to uh, be able to match the energy. He's got phys- physically. I mean, he's not quite the guile body type from the game, but physically an imposing, impressive uh, individual. And he's uh, actually
1: American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually American. This is peak Van Damme being presented as an American with a with a um questionable accent in terms of his American heritage.
0: I think it had already been established with like Schwarzenegger and so there was just like I guess we can do this. I guess we can get away with it.
1: <laughs> I well yeah, yeah, you're right. I I I, I I would go back. I would still try it out with uh, him as, as the bad guy, as Bison. I don't, I had a hard time with where to put him because there's so many characters. Right. You know, yeah, it, and, he's and they're underused
0: all Unless he's one of the two main guys. Yeah,
1: yeah kind of. And, and, and everybody's sort of country specific. Like they, they all, like you can't put him as E Honda. You can't put him as Chun Li. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's yeah. Your yeah. Point. Everyone's like kind really, of a stereotype. <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of. And so there's really only two roles I would put him in. I wouldn't mind seeing him take a turn as Bison. Uh, I like Raul Julia uh, in this, but it would be interesting to see Carl Weathers as a bad guy.
0: <laughs> I like so, it. I like it. I feel bad for Julia; last performance. So I don't want to take that away.
1: I know. I mean, he does an awesome
0: job, but yeah, if we have to said, put him somewhere, you want to give him? You want to give Carl Weathers the meatiest <laughs> the meatiest role.
1: Agreed. Well, where would you? What would you rank this? I think. I think. I get the sense your your ranking moved up. Uh, compared to maybe when you first watched it, after you watched the, the commentary. So I'm curious, where did you put this?
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is, it is, the script is a mess trying to service all these characters, but I, I did have a pretty fun time watching it. And I don't know if that was just like lowered expectations. So I'm curious <laughs> if I revisited this in like two or three years, if I were expectations would be like a little higher and I'd be like, Oh man, this is terrible. <laughs> like, um. <laughs> uh, but I do think I got a much more appreciation listening to the Susan talk about one, some of the limitations they had, but also like kind of what he was going for. And maybe it's me kind of growing too as a movie watcher since the last time I recognize like the stuff that seems like goofy and silly is intentionally goofy and silly. They recognize that And now you can debate what works there. Yeah, so I'm really going back and forth between just a generic like two and a half or just bumping it all the way up to a three because um, uh, I did have a lot of fun with it, but I don't know. I'm thinking about some of like the Canon Ryu stuff with like, with like Chun-Li and like, man, there's a lot of bad stuff in this movie. Uh, so I think I'm, I think I'm going to have to go two and a half out of five by some bucks.
1: <laughs> I, I will give this also two and a half uh, stealth boats, uh, <laughs> unintentionally unnecessary stealth boats.
0: I love it. I love
1: it. It was it was more fun watching this go around than I I was expecting it to be, uh, and and definitely more fun than perhaps some of the other movies we've done. Like Hudson Hawk was just pretty tough to get through. At least this was sort of rekindling some childhood stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I I was when I checked like how long was left in the movie, I would be surprised at times of just because of where the movie was in terms of like an arc structure. But it was never like Hudson Hawk, where I'm like, holy shit, there's still an hour of this to go. I'm like, this is rough. Like, it was an easy, it was an easy watch.
1: Yes, I, yeah, I thought about watching this to my kids, but I just realized they're gonna have no interest in watching this because it's just not relevant to them. I know. I
0: was debating know. that, that too. I was like, I, for the most part, they could probably watch it. Um, uh, but I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to contextualize what I'm doing <laughs> with watching this movie. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I, would agree. Uh. All right, well, that's... So I, I had
0: three questions for you. Oh, please. Before we wrap up, did you ever play the Street Fighter, the movie, the game? The video I did not. game they made for this movie on a PlayStation Sega Saturn, I believe.
1: I never had a Saturn. I never, I only time I ever played one was um, maybe at a friend's house or at like a store demo at, at Best Buy or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who had a Saturn at one point. I never remember anything jumping out at me. I feel like, oh, I need one of these.
1: What was it? It was like the Saturn was sort of the overlap between, to me, in my head, the N64 and then the PlayStation 1, right? Uh, It's It's, basically
0: concurrent with those. Okay. If you want to know something insane about the release the Sega Saturn, they decided in like a marketing move, Uh they bumped the release of it up like several months. So you could go buy a Sega Saturn, but there weren't any games ready. So you could buy a Sega Saturn. They like moved the really they didn't move any release dates up for games. So you could go buy a Saturn, but games still weren't coming out for three months or like something crazy like that. Like, yeah, and that was obviously that was a disaster of a decision to make.
1: The only thing I could think was they they were desperate for cash, and I'm like, we're just yeah, selling hardware could, at least we yeah. can get some. The money uh, in the I
0: think that was a time too where Sega of Japan and Sega of America were like very much at loggerheads and maybe not being run with it one coherent like vision. Uh, but so I guess the game is supposed to be pretty terrible. But I guess it went in the Mortal <laughs> Kombat route where it took like the photo realistic scans of the, the characters from the stuff.
1: movie
0: yeah. and put them in in the game. But uh, yeah, I guess it, it did, was not well received. <laughs>
1: mm. So weird. It's amazing yeah. that, that yeah. something derivative of this movie was not better.
0: I know. It's just so crazy that it's like, okay, so there's a Street Fighter 2.
1: And they made a, a movie from that. And then they made a game from that movie? <laughs> like, I'm
0: yeah, going just... to
1: institute it again that this is a multiplicity thing. of A, a copy of a copy yields something <laughs> worse. <laughs> That's what this is.
0: Uh, so one day when, uh, when we have our podcast Billions... We're making the Street Fighter, the movie, the game, the movie. <laughs> and we're we're gonna see if we can get Steven D'Souza to become write and direct it for us. <laughs> I
1: I would suggest we make it a documentary rather than like a street movie, unless unless we can get Van Damme back. I I think we probably could right now.
0: That's probably returning true. as Guile.
1: He's like 61. He probably would still do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing I wanted to ask you about, there's a soundtrack for the movie. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, and just some amazing. of the some of the artists features on the soundtrack, um, Ice Cube, Nas, LL Cool J, uh, Hammer featuring Deion Sanders on the song, uh, and Public Enemy. Uh, just uh, just a hell of a lineup there. I, I might have to give this uh, the this soundtrack I listen to today.
1: <laughs> uh, that's gonna be my new workout mix. Is the soundtrack to <laughs> 1994 Street Fighter. <laughs> What was – I was actually getting ready to look it up. What was Deion Sanders doing in 1994? Is he still – I mean, that might have been his, playing, his right? peak. I think then he's
0: he's where he's, like, bouncing. One year he's on the Cowboys, one year he's on the 49ers, winning Super
1: Bowls. This was the year he was on the 49ers. He had just wrapped his season – he had a four- or five-year run with the Falcons, and then 94 he's 49ers, and then he does a four-year run at the Cowboys. So, yeah, like, let me see – so he was NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Do you think that maybe yeah. because he had the confidence of being on this album, that motivated <laughs> him to, we- to win the 1994 NFL Defensive Player of the Year?
0: Or what was he more excited about, Defensive Player of the Year or being on this album?
1: Probably this album because nobody's going to, you know, he's not going to get his ass kicked on, on <laughs> doing this album. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm curious if like, I wonder if he went to like the, he must have gone to the Pro Bowl if he got Defensive Player of the Year, right? Well, he probably
0: wouldn't have because he was in the playoffs.
1: Did the, did the 49ers win that year?
0: I think they did. I'm pretty sure they won the Super Bowl with him.
1: Uh, He was all pro. And then,
0: wow. I never thought it, yeah, when but... we
1: started. Yeah, they, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 49ers won, won that yeah. Super Bowl. I
0: think that's the year they,
1: I think it was 29.
0: Chargers, maybe, but let
1: me see. What should we be doing about this uh, Street Fighter movie podcast? Let's talk about the 1994 run. <laughs> San, Francisco San Francisco 49ers, 49ers, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me see. Uh, preseason. Oh, wow. oh, my God. Why can't I find this? Um, I'm on the 49ers 1994 season. This is Yeah, they played the Chargers. They played when they were, when they were still in San Diego. Um, at the Joe Robbie Stadium, which is the Hard Rock Stadium uh, in Miami. Yeah. So for anybody curious, in nineteen ninety-four, uh San Francisco 49ers dominated the NFC and beat the AFC San Diego Chargers 49 to 26, <laughs> in case anybody's curious. <laughs>
0: All while Deion Sanders was uh featured on the Street Fighter soundtrack.
1: I would love to think that there was like a game he almost missed because he was too busy recording. Because <laughs> he was recording. Or, <laughs> it's like, or oh, he's I like can't. on the
0: sideline writing yeah. lyrics. Or... I, can't, I can't play today. I can't play. I got too important. Or he's There's like, important
1: stuff going on. Hey,
0: Jerry Rice, help me find a rhyme for Guile.
1: <laughs> uh, In a while? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, that was perfect. Um. All, All right. right. So the, I had go one ahead. more question for you. Oh, I, God. I don't know the answer to this. What does the E stand for in Stephen E. D'Souza As we wrap up the D'Souza Palooza,
1: uh, I'm going to go with excellent.
0: Uh, <laughs> I have no answer. I was just I was researching that today, trying to find it, um, and I could not. Um, <laughs> and I was like, we've done oh, this podcast about this guy.
1: It could also stand for Esperanza because that was his character from Die Hard 2 that he wrote. Oh, I like it. Which also, that's also an insane name, Steven Esperanza Souza. But <laughs> hey, you never know. I
0: love it. And also, uh, his, his son was one of the extras, one of the soldier extras in uh, Street Fighter.
1: That makes sense. That was one of my comments back to you. Was there was there was definitely an age disparity between all of the soldiers. They I showed. think the
0: fifteen year old you saw was his fifteen year old son. <laughs> yeah, so
1: they had like a mix of child soldiers and then people who were well well past their prime. they fighting prime. <laughs> for the movie yeah. was this movie? So, um, all right. Well, so what was where, where? Where would you, if you had to rank, you think the Stephen Ida Souza movies? Where how how are you ranking? Uh, Die Hard Two, Hudson Hawk. Ricochet, Judge Dredd, and, and Street Fighter the movie? Uh, I feel... I mean,
0: I, I kind of want to make jokes here, but <laughs> I get nothing good. So Die Hard 2 is the best. Uh, definitely Die Hard 2, 1. I would... I guess I'd put Ricochet, too.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm at, too. Same.
0: And then, whew, man, you could do any order <laughs> for these last three, and I, I wouldn't fault anyone. But I'm going to go Street Fighter, Dread, Hudson Hawk.
1: The same. That's exactly what I was going to say. I kind of
0: thought we'd line up the same, but if someone wanted to have um, Dread ahead of Street Fighter, I could, I could see that. Even Hudson Hawk of just preferring the to watch the crazy disaster. Then
1: I think Dread suffers from being boring for a lot of it, and I think yeah. that that put put it behind Street Fighter for me because it. You know, Stallone's okay, the The plot itself is okay, uh, it just doesn't really ever pay off very well. At least, Street Fighter is weird, but man, it takes some crazy big swings that are, that are at least fun to watch. Uh, and It's trying of- to do
0: so much yeah. that you're not bored until maybe like the end of the movie where it's like, oh, none of this like, is going is to pay off, is it?
1: <laughs> and, and to your point, knowing, knowing the making of and the difficulties behind it, it, it it's risen in my mind a little bit. And I think that puts it ahead of, of, of dread uh, dread again, to me was just sort of a little vanilla. Uh, I do think Hudson Hawk is such a hot mess. Uh, and again, D'Souza was brought in on that to, to really salvage it.
0: I don't uh, know. I, I have some questions. Some of the jokes in, uh, especially like Zangief and then seeing like the same actor as Butterfinger. And I was like, I don't know, man, maybe some of that humor in Hudson <laughs> Hawk was more D'Souza than,
1: than I quite realized. Uh. uh I will. I will. I will let you think that. Go for it. Uh, it but I, I think that that's a pretty fair order. In Die Hard 2, it's hard. To, it's hard. It would be hard to have that fall below any of these. All of these are. Sort yeah, of, it's really just. Yeah. That's sort of like a tier one action movie, and everything else is a tier two um, at best. So it, it's, yeah, some um, of these
0: are getting probably. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like whatever the bottom tier is, or whatever tier is like slightly above. Uh, straight, to straight, video. To, straight, straight to video straight to vhs like 1991
1: garbage yeah yeah i mean hudson hawk die hard die hard kept which is weird you th- you think about we have two two movies that are both uh willis movies in this and die yeah, Hard arguably the... kept building and building as a franchise and then hudson hawk was just like uh like radioactive for a while <laughs> so it's just it's interesting and and, and within a year and in, in this same run we're talking about an actor who probably made one Of his safest choices from a career standpoint, and also made one of his worst choices from a career standpoint almost <laughs> in the same year. So it's interesting.
0: No, it was, it was a fun run. Uh, I enjoyed it, especially getting to uh, maybe revisit some of these, not just hit in like the best of for D'Souza. Getting to it gives you an interesting idea of him as a screenwriter seeing some of them more viewed as failures than just the uh
1: yeah and, and and there's a lot of, there's a lot of other stuff in D'Souza's body work that are that are, are definitely worth checking out um, Commando we're going to definitely cover at some point Running Man as well uh, obviously the original Die Hard uh, he, he's got a lot of good stuff out there that I, I really enjoy and, Flintstones and I, movie Flintstones um, he did <laughs> 40 I think he had some involvement with 48 Hours so um, yeah yeah he's we'll, we'll definitely be coming, coming back to those but this was an interesting kind of an interesting run uh, of really what is it 1991 the movie everything we did was 91 to like 94 i think
0: yeah yeah so, or maybe 95 you know, yeah 95, yeah 95. You're,
1: you're right but still a pretty that's a pretty impressive uh yeah he was one a time he, there that dude was of, busy he was working yeah yeah um well so what are we doing next uh, I think we've peaked, and we have to just like cancel and
0: retire. And <laughs> yeah, once weird. this like takes off and hits, we're just gonna be raking in the money and just uh, live in large. That's um, right. I, I don't see any alternative to that. I mean, I think I told you, Die Hard Two is up to like fourteen downloads. Um, it's just, it's just at that exponential rate, we're gonna be uh, on top of the world. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, um,
0: or, ha- or maybe some uh, Halloween movies. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, so we're we're recording <laughs> good choices early. So I think. Based on timing, uh, last week was, uh, uh, oh man, I'm going to screw this up. I'm sorry, Die Hard dropped on Friday the 3rd? Second. Second. I need to look at the calendar. September 2nd. So the whole D'Souza is going to do a run for the month of September. And then with October, we're going to take a, uh, a different tact and jump away from maybe a specific screenwriter and go toward uh, the Halloween series uh, for, for obviously the month of October. Uh, that's a good time where we mapped it out and saw that, you know, there's four movies. If you look at the new timeline, there's sort of four movies that, that follow the original Halloween. And then the uh, 2018 movie also called Halloween uh, <laughs> followed by its sequel uh, Halloween kills and then the the final sequel and the trilogy that the sort of modern halloween movies have been uh, halloween kills uh, comes out on october 14th so we wanted to do a run of uh the halloween series based on sort of the the new timeline introduced through the the Blumhouse productions uh, series so uh what we'll do is kick it off with uh, i think the first week of uh, the month the original 1978 halloween uh, and then by the end of the month, we'll be covering the new release uh, again that's due out on October 14th. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how they wrap that that uh, it that will be series. very uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I give them credit uh, just because they were able to abandon the entire sort of sibling. Um, they, they abandoned all the shit that just didn't work for that. Uh, <laughs> Halloween <laughs> Halloween has a very very <laughs> troubling, uh, uh, not troubling, but very difficult. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Paul Rest disagrees. <laughs> or not for paul, paul, Red. paul, paul rudd paul rudd yeah it's
1: paul rudd's first i think first big movie was halloween six but um i we haven't landed on a name for it yet i'm leaning towards the season of sam hain because that was <laughs> a huge uh irish cult is a under underpinning of the entire series after about halloween Two. <laughs> so but it,
0: there's a there's there's the two movies after um so this doesn't quite work my brain keeps going to because of the two halloweens uh two halloweens and a baby <laughs>
1: <laughs> it doesn't work but i'm, I'm glad it's no it right. doesn't
0: work at all but
1: <laughs> so if you've got suggestions for us by all means throw it at us uh um as long as we haven't recorded by that point <laughs> but yeah we'll be doing a, a four four movie run on halloween uh kind of following the, the, new, the new timeline of of the bloomhouse productions where it, it it takes a leap from the original 1978 uh, and then moves forward into 2018, I think, uh, and hopefully be wrapping up the series here with some, something good. Um, uh, I'm hoping for um, more kids' heads melting like Halloween 3. So I'm hoping that's how they end the series is they, they take a Halloween 3 approach of just bugs and snakes coming out of people's faces. That'd be pretty cool.
0: I mean, that's the other option we could just uh, call it. Um, Bugs and the, snakes coming out of people's faces? Uh, I was going to go Tom Atkins fucking your mom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> as, the,
0: as the name, but...
1: <laughs> That's... Okay, well, hey. Um You do get some... Uh, some too much? S- <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to... I'm at a loss for words. Um, but yeah, so we're looking forward to doing that run in October, and then I think it'll be... uh We're up for grabs on on, on the next one uh, after that for, yeah. for November. But, yeah, uh, maybe a tiny
0: break while we figure something out get some time to build up some stuff or or we'll just re- we wanna... just
1: re-release these same episodes over and over, over, and over. that'll be our bit <laughs> so but yeah definitely enjoy the D'Souza Palooza uh hopefully yeah that was great. a blast thank we'll, you sir. we'll be joining us for for uh I'm just gonna go with it I'm gonna call it season of Sam Hain uh starting in October <laughs> so and actually we uh, should touch on this uh uh the intent here I don't think we covered it in our intro but Shooting for every Friday, we're gonna try and do do a release of something new. So that's that's the goal. And 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 right now, I think, um, not not planning on any interruptions between series. We may take some some weeks off here and there. Yeah, but, uh, and we had some
0: test ones we recorded um, <laughs> that we may uh may slip in there here and there, just as a, a people hear us kind of starting out, trying to find our way. Exactly. Um, so so may, may thematically some,
1: maybe fit in with that. May have some some, some some new stuff uh, coming up, but yeah. Uh, we enjoy everybody joining us for the
0: disooza Uh
1: and we also recommend you go out and definitely play the uh, Street Fighter, the video game of yeah. the movie. Everyone, get on eBay,
0: buy a Sega Saturn, buy Street Fighter, the movie, the game. <laughs> All
1: right, you Thank won't you regret me. it. <laughs> you won't. Re- <laughs> That's a great way to start anything. Is you won't,
0: you won't regret it.